we've got both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. Coming up, Ashley Simpson right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Now it's time to take a peek into the lives of the Simpson sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host Leah Russo and today I am so excited. I know I say that every single week and it's because I genuinely truly am excited every single week. If you have never listened before, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Leah and I'm an Aries so I'm always excited about every episode I do or else I wouldn't even bother to do it. <laughs> but Today is especially exciting though because I have not recorded since July 16th and it is September 9th today. So I had done a ton of work early on in July, like the first two weeks of July, I, re I recorded like six episodes or something and banked them up because I just wanted to, for the second half of the summer, well I knew I was going to get super busy with work, but on days that I wasn't as crazy busy, I just really wanted to enjoy summer and kind of chill and not have so many appointments and things going on. So I'm really happy that I did that because I ended up having such a good summer and I am not a summer person. I'm the first person to say it is too freaking hot. I don't, <laughs> I don't love the summer. I'm such an autumn fall person. So right now I'm like getting super excited. I put my Halloween decorations up yesterday. I'm just loving it. But I really am happy. I had a really relaxing, nice summer. I saw a lot of people that I care about deeply and I did a lot of soul searching. I mean, I knew you guys don't need to hear about my personal journey in life, but I really had a good summer. So I'm really happy and I feel very recharged and ready to get into the rest of these television seasons with Newlyweds Season 2.5 and of course the Ashley Simpson Show. Today I am going to be welcoming my guests on in a little while. That's right, I have two guests today. I'm so, so excited to reveal who they are. But first, one of the reasons why I'm really excited about this episode is because I can do a little bit of a topical episode. Normally when I record in advance, I don't know when the episode is coming out, but I should... And I hope these aren't famous last words, but I should have time to edit this episode relatively fast and get it out soon. So that means I can kind of do one of our old school segments, which was news. I used to start out the podcast with a news segment or I would talk about at least like one news thing with whoever the guest was. But I haven't done a full-on news segment in a while because obviously, I mean, I haven't recorded in almost two months. So if I had been doing news segments, it would have been like, oh, that happened two months ago. But today I can. And it's actually really interesting because Jessica and Ashley are in the news right now. I mean, Ashley, maybe not as much, but 
I am on a high right now because Ashley Simpson was on MTV Cribs last night. And no, I'm not losing my mind. I'm not having a nervous breakdown. I promise this happened in 2021. <laughs> Ashley and Evan and Jagger and Ziggy were all on MTV Cribs last night. And so I watched it today. It's on the MTV app. You have to have a cable subscription though. So I stole my parents' username and passwords so that I could get on it. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit because it was so cool. First of all, Suchin Puck is narrating it again. That was the most nostalgic thing for me because just hearing her voice, I mean, I don't watch MTV anymore ever because why would you? There's no good programming. I mean, I love Jersey Shore as much as the next girl, but let's be real. It, MTV is not what it used to be and that is an understatement. So I don't know, does Sujin Pak still, like, work for MTV? Does she still narrate things normally on the show? Like, I have no idea. I have not kept up with her. I'm going to Google her or something after this. Maybe I'm going to look her up on Instagram because I want to know what she's doing. I love Sujin Pak, and I think she's super underrated. Her interview with Britney, the All Eyes on Britney one that she did in 2003, was so good and so nice to have somebody... Britney's age or at least around Britney's age Susan's maybe a couple years older than her but I don't know just talk to her like a young woman would want to be spoken to <laughs> you know I felt like Britney was always being interviewed by these older men making comments about her boobs and stuff it was horrible and it's just such a good interview and I just I really like Suchin I feel like she has such a natural way of relating to the people that she's talking to whether it was on TRL or on a show like that that was singled out so I was just really happy to hear Suchin Pak's voice so that was the first exciting thing also just another general observation about Cribs this time around I thought it was interesting the combination of different celebrities that they had because they really are kind of doing people that are more nostalgic and then they're doing and by nostalgic, I don't mean that they're not successful now. It's just that they have people on that were bigger in the 90s or something like that. Like they had um, Tia Mori on, which I thought it was Maori, but then she was like, hi, I'm, oh, no, no, no. She said Tia Mori, I feel like. I always thought it was Maori, but whatever. So she was on it. And then they also had Kathy Griffin on, which I thought was good because like, what is the MTV demographic? I don't even, like, do people who watch MTV know Kathy Griffin? Like, I don't even know who watches MTV because do 12-year-olds watch? Like, is like what is the demographic? I have no idea what's going on with MTV. But Kathy's my queen. I've seen her live many, many, many times. Really big fan. Love her. Love her. I actually am on her show for a split second. I love Kathy. And so it was awesome seeing her new house. I feel like reality shows make you care about a celebrity for life. When done well, I could watch Kathy's My Life on the D-List series a thousand times. I've watched all the episodes already probably like 10 times. Like I love that series. And I was just like really happy to see her and I was happy that MTV chose her because obviously she had all of her controversy from a few years ago and I was just happy that she was included in this. And whatever, it just has like an interesting combination of celebrities, I feel like. And so let's get into Ashley and Evan. So they have a really beautiful, very stylish home, but it wasn't ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was, it has five bedrooms and seven bathrooms, which like, yes, seven ba bathrooms is crazy. Like I have two bathrooms and I can't even imagine like w having seven bath. like it's just a lot. But um, 
I love the whole decor of the house. They have a lot of velvet stuff, which I have a velvet couch and a velvet chair, and I'm sit actually sitting in another velvet chair. My kitchen chairs are velvet too. Like I have all different colors of velvet in my apartment. So like I felt very connected to Ashley. I was like, oh girl, we're the same. We have the same taste. And I just, I love the whole vibe of the house. And it was, I mean, obviously it's very, very, it's five bedrooms and a bathroom. It's like, it's a big house. But it again, it wasn't like this insane, untouchable mansion. Like with the right decor, I feel like a lot of people could kind of capture the vibe of their house. I loved Ashley's look, by the way. She was wearing like pajamas, basically. She had no shoes on. She was very relaxed on camera. She was just... I don't know. I think like for I think that I probably would imagine that Ashley would be like, oh, let me make sure I look like super perfect for this. I haven't been on MTV in years or something like that. And it wasn't like that. I mean, not that she didn't look perfect. She did. But you know what I mean? She was wearing this silky loose. I think it was a black bodysuit with like lace on the top. And then she was wearing a long silk pink and black robe and no shoes um just had her hair in a bun she had like full makeup and on and everything and she looks so cute it's better to have on pajamas and look comfortable in your own skin in your own space than to have on a twenty thousand dollar designer outfit and look like you're not comfortable you know what I mean like I just love that she didn't feel the need to do a whole thing she was very laid back and very cool, calm, casual kind of vibe. Jagger was in the entire clip and she just seems so adorable and lovely. I, I just, I, I don't know how to articulate what I'm thinking right now, but she's just so cute. Like she's just such a little girl. Obviously little girls are adorable, but she's just very, I don't know. They showed her room and she has this like magical fairy princess paradise room that I totally would take and love by the way, if I lived in that room. And she just has this very, I'm a little girl and I'm I'm loving life and I'm just running around in my little dresses and I want to be like mommy kind of thing. I don't know. She's just really, really adorable. Um, They showed their fridge, which is always like a huge part of Cribs. And I really liked that their fridge was normal. I feel like I would have expected their fridge to be a little bit more like, I don't know. I don't want to say pretentious, but I would just expect to have more... I guess super, super, super healthy stuff, a lot of vegan stuff, n not fattening at all. Um, Ashley was like laughing. They, they were like laughing about how normal their fridge was basically. And I guess it's because sometimes when people go on cribs, they arrange everything so perfectly. And their fridge was like, it was, it was organized, but it wasn't so overtly organized that it looked fake. It very much looked like anybody's fridge. Um, and they also pulled out the I can't believe it's not butter spray, which I thought again was like, it was just very real. Like I have, I can't believe it's not butter spray in my fridge, even though I think that it's bad for you and that you should use better quality ingredients. And God, it's a butter spray. Like could anything be more America? Like whatever. And I would just think that celebrities from LA would be like, oh, we don't oh my god, no, like, we don't use that. You know what I mean? And so not only did they have it, but Evan said that when he started dating Ashley, he caught her spraying it into her mouth. And I used to do that when I was a kid, not when I was, like, I mean, I don't know how old she was when they met, but, like, I just think that's funny. Um, and again, very real, very Ashley. Like, 
It's not, she's not pretentious, you know what I mean? She might have this fancy swanky house, but she's still spraying, I can't believe it's not butter spray into her mouth. And she said that she doesn't do it anymore. She said that was the last time she ever did it, but we all know that's a lie. I'm sure she still does it. Um, (laughs) And it was just a cute, like, it was just, it was just a really cute little look into their lives. It really interests me to see the way that people live not even celebrities just I wish there was just a normal cribs like not even celebrity cribs like just cribs because I would just I just like seeing how people live I always think it's really interesting when you go into somebody's house and then they also have this really huge chair that makes you look tiny when you sit in it it looks like like Evan calls it his Alice in Wonderland chair and when he sat in it it looked like an optical illusion and he said that he was driving and he saw it on the he just saw it on the side of the road I don't know like if I don't know if he means he saw it for sale at a garage sale I don't know what but like he said that it's actually caused him a lot of trouble because he never knows where to put it because the thing is freaking huge like you have to see this thing whatever I'm not surprised that they have weird artsy random items in their house you know what I mean overall I loved it I love the house it's absolutely beautiful and I'm just really happy that they even did this because Ashley's more private than Jessica so I don't know I guess I'm just happy that she's open to being on TV and opening up her house the other thing I wanted to say is that this is so a step in the right direction for MTV like I cannot describe how happy I was to even see a new season of Cribs I have said so many times if MTV wants to be relevant again if they want to make money again like how do they even make money I don't mean I don't it's crazy that MTV even still exists like I for like what it is it's just so it's so it's such a a shell of what it once was and if somebody just handed me the keys with MTV and said drive I would bring back all the old shows first of all I would show reruns of everything but then I would also create new episodes of making the video MTV diary true life because by the way you guys I fell into an MTV rabbit hole when I downloaded the app to watch the Cribs episode and I looked and they don't have that many old True Life episodes. They have a bunch of newer ones but they did have this old one that used to trigger me so bad so I watched it and it actually triggered me kind of again not as bad as when I was 15 but it still triggered me. It's called True Life I'm on a Diet. If anybody else remembers this DM me. It's the one with the the guy from he goes to Lehigh Valley in PA and he's always cutting weight to fit into a weight class. And then they have that pageant girl from Texas who eats only cottage cheese before a pageant to try to lose weight rather than just having like a healthy diet for normal life. Like she eats whatever she wants and gains like 15 pounds in between pageants and then she crash diets and eats only cottage cheese which like – That used to trigger me so bad and even though I wanted to be skinnier when I was that age, I would never go on a cottage cheese only diet because I think cottage cheese is so disgusting. Like I don't understand how anybody could just eat like wet cheese out of a plastic container. It's not for me. Um, But (laughs) God bless you, Amber, wherever you are. Um, But uh, yeah, send me me your most triggering true life episodes because that actually would be really fun to talk about more of them because I also remember true life I'm obese. Does anybody remember that one? Oh my god that one's on the app I just didn't have time to watch it I'll probably watch it later but oh my god and that the wrestler dude Corey you could just see the sadness in his eyes I looked him up too he has a baby now so hopefully he's happier and he's not starving himself all the time because that one was really like 
it just made me so sad like it just oh my god body issues are just really really hard I go through them too you guys so uh, you know we all we all deal if that wasn't enough of an off-topic tangent for you, just go listen to any of my other episodes because I <laughs> do that kind of often. I mean, I try to stay on the topic of like early 2000s pop culture and nostalgia, so I hope you enjoyed that little true life tangent. Okay, so now let's get to Jessica. Sound the alarm bells. We're all wondering what is the secret project that she has going on right now. So uh, Justin Coloma is a filmmaker in California and he posted a picture of her sitting on a couch and he wrote shooting a secret project with this icon today and then Jessica reposted the picture so you can go check it out on his Instagram or hers and they didn't reveal what the project was but of course we're all dying for information right like we all want to know what it is we all are praying for music coming soon which even though she did confirm that she's doing music it still feels like it's I don't know it still feels like it's far away or like it might not happen or she might change her mind or something like that I don't know so I guess that even though I am hoping it's something music related I am not 100% sure now I asked you guys and you guys guessed basically everything that it could possibly be right like nobody came up with anything super crazy nobody had any tea a lot of the time you guys leave me a lot of tea in my dms like people that know them or you know maybe don't know them know them but maybe have some Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation with them or whatever I get a lot of tea in my inbox but nobody had any tea about this so it really must be a secret now Doing a little research, I found out that Jessica and Justin have been collaborating for years, since around 2010, for her collection. So he often shoots ads for many different aspects of her collection, including the maternity line, the little girl's line, her fragrances. He did one for Vintage Bloom. These are all on Vimeo. And Jessica also actually uses his services for personal reasons as well because there's a video on Vimeo of her baby shower from when she was pregnant with Maxwell, which I didn't – I'm like, did she give permission for this to be on here? I mean, it doesn't reveal anything like too crazy or too personal or anything, but it's just – I don't know. It it felt kind of wrong for me to watch it, if that makes sense. I was just kind of like, oh, this feels a little bit weird, but it's very cute to see if you want to go watch it. And – he also worked with Ashley on her Bat for a Heart music video. So here's the thing. He does a lot of branded content for brands like the Jessica Simpson Collection or Estee Lauder. But he also has done a lot of music videos. So like I said, he did Ashley's Bat for a Heart. He did If I Loved You, Delta Ray. He did a bunch of music videos for Peter Murphy, um, Boomcat's Lonely Child, It's Only Natural by The Hire. He did a couple of Smashing Pumpkins videos. So that to me is very interesting, right? Because it could mean that he shot a music video for Jessica. And you know how things go nowadays. Artists just drop stuff. So if she just flat out drops a music video and a single I know we're all gonna panic it's just gonna be <laughs> in a good way it's just gonna be amazing so I really hope that that's the case but a lot of people guessed because like I said I asked you guys on our story that it was probably just something for the collection and I I think that is the most logical guess honestly but 
I don't know, something's telling me it's something a little bit more special than that. Like, I don't think it's just another thing for the collection. Someone suggested that maybe it was furniture, like maybe she's expanding her collection even further, or that it's some special offshoot of the Jessica Simpson collection rather than just another video of her wearing the clothes, right? So, I don't know, it's very, very interesting that he directs music videos, you guys. Let's pray, let's manifest, let's hope that it is a music video. That would literally be the most exciting thing ever. So Layla, one of my lovely listeners and followers, follow her on Instagram at Layla's Little Finds. She sent me an article from this month's Us Weekly, which I didn't even know Us, I guess it's Us Monthly now. And it said Jessica Simpson, a return to acting. So this could be just a random fake story. It really doesn't track, honestly, to me, but... It says, though it's been years since Jessica Simpson was last seen on screen, a source tells us she's itching to get back in front of the camera. Jessica loves what Lady Gaga has done and thinks that she could do it too, the source says. She would love to do a musical. So they note that the Jessica Simpson collection has generated over a billion dollars in sales to date, and Amazon recently optioned the rights to her 2020 memoir open book for both the docuseries and scripted show. But Simpson believes she's got what it takes to be a major screen star, too. Adds the source, her ultimate dream is to take home an Oscar. I really wonder if that's true. I don't I don't think so. Like, I I can't imagine that that's more important to her than, like, a Grammy or something. Like, it's just interesting that – I mean, I really don't think it is, especially because I remember her being asked when she was promoting Open Book, what's your favorite thing out of everything you do, singing, TV, movies, fashion, author, like, what – what is your main thing? And she said music will always be the closest to her heart, even though she hasn't done it in a long time. So I don't know. It's not like she said, I want to be a movie star. Although I guess that was a long time ago. Now she could have changed her mind. But I just, I think that if she does want to get back into movies, I really can't imagine her going for the Oscar stuff, like going for that really serious, because we all know the Oscars very stupidly ignore most comedic roles. Um, I just can't imagine that really mattering to Jessica, like, to win the Oscar. Um, But who knows, you know? She could always – I mean, she's been successful in so many different areas. So if she conquered more serious films, you know, whereas before her other movies she did comedies, you know, I I really wouldn't even – I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it wouldn't be surprised. It would surprise me because I do think it's a little bit of a stretch stretch, um, for her, but I – would always tell anyone who wants to do something that is a stretch for them, do it, baby. If it's what your heart desires, go for it. So I don't know. It'd be really interesting. So so I don't know, but thank you, Layla, for sending me that because I never would have had any idea about that. And then we're going to get to probably the biggest actual news story, which is that Jessica is trying to buy her brand back. So I actually didn't know this, but in 2015 – Jessica sold a huge portion of her brand to this company called Sequential, Sequential Brands, and they filed for bankruptcy protection last week, and they blamed COVID, and it said the New York-based licensing company said its significant debt of $435 million 
pushed it into chapter 11, an outcome that had been long rumored and first reported by the Post. I'm reading this article is from the Post, the New York Post. Sequential said they secured $150 million in financing that will support its operations while it tries to sell its seven brands. One is the Jessica Simpson collection. So it says that in 2015, Jessica sold 62.5% of it to this brand and she got $117 million for 62%. Are you kidding me? That is insane. And now she's trying to buy it back. I've seen a couple different numbers. The number that I see the most and the one that uh, Bloomberg is reporting is $65 million. So I think she made a bid to buy it back for $65 million, which is obviously much less than 117 So go girl. So this is important because if she doesn't get it with this $65 million bid, they're going to hold an auction – And somebody else is going to get it, which, you know, she's not in control of who gets it. Like, at least when she sold to Sequential, she was in control of that sale, right? If Sequential just does an auction, somebody might have 62% of her company, more than half, and it might be somebody that she doesn't want to work with or somebody that she doesn't agree with what they would do with the brand or whatever. So I actually don't know how a lot of this works. Like, obviously, Jessica's very involved with her brand. I've had some people tell me that she's not actually involved and it's all fake, but even if Even if that's true and she just does like all of the things that she does to promote it, such as she stars in all the ads, she models most of the clothing, she wears the clothing in her day-to-day life, she's always promoting it, she posts pictures on Instagram, she's always tagging, she's always sharing things, she promotes on QVC and on other TV shows, like she's very much... She seems to be very much involved in the brand. So I guess my question is, I don't understand how it works as far as, like, Jessica's the CEO, but another company owns over half of her company. So what does that mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm obviously not very versed in a business. And then there's, like, what about the rest of the company? Like, how much does she own already herself? Um, how much does other companies own? I really don't know. So I'm not sure how it all works. But another article, I think it was the Yahoo one. There were a few articles that said the Simpson family is trying to buy it back, which I thought was interesting because, of course, you and I always talk about the Simpson family. But to see a, a news outlets mention them, like mention the Simpson family as a enterprise in itself was interesting to me like what does that mean because it says jessica simpson's family offered to buy the singer turned fashion entrepreneur's brand out of bankruptcy for 65 million a lawyer said in court wednesday so what does that mean jessica simpson's family is it like her joe and tina is ashley involved like is it by family do they mean literal family like joe and tina or do they mean like a family of business partners like I don't understand what that means so that was interesting to me too if anybody has any insight please fill me in because I'm not sure but obviously I hope that Jessica gets what she wants I hope that she gets her stake back if that is in fact what she wants to do I mean it seems like it is so I hope she gets her stake back and that everything works out for the best obviously we love the Jessica Simpson collection and You know, it's really unfortunate that this brand is going bankrupt, but 
I think what's important to note, though, is like a lot of these headlines make it seem like, oh, the Jessica Simpson collection is doing bad. That's not what it is. It's this overall company that owns all these different brands that isn't doing well. And of course, you could say, well, if the Jessica Simpson collection was really doing that well, would they be going bankrupt? And it's like it's really not up to one brand to ensure the success of a conglomerate like this, if that makes sense. The last news story I'm going to just briefly talk about before getting to our guests and the review of the Ashley Simpson show episode. We're doing episode two of season one, by the way, titled Ashley versus her record label. I probably should have put that in the intro, but hey. So that is the news. And without further ado, let's get into the review of the episode. I am so excited about my guest today. They host actually several podcasts. I'm pretty sure that we're going to talk about those, but my favorite one is called I Am the Cute One, a Mary-Kate and Ashley podcast. Thank you for joining me, Chelsea and Donnie. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited because you guys are so, 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 so good on the (laughs) I Am the Cute One. Like I love you two together, first of all, but you guys are so funny and very insightful because I don't know if you, if anyone listening has seen the Mary Kate and Ashley trench coat twin series, but it it's it's something to behold. So, do you guys just want to tell everybody about your podcast? Sure. So, our podcast is a Mary Kate and Ashley podcast. In season one, we broke down the adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley, which yeah is their trench coat series. They were very small children working way too hard, and so we covered that in season one. We are in the process of currently recording season two, where we are covering their "You're Invited" series. And this season, we're kind of taking a backseat to Mary Kate and Ashley specific content, even though we are covering their Your Invited series, but it's more just an excuse for Donnie and I to talk about our favorite topic, which is ourselves, <laughs> and talk about growing up in the 90s and early aughts, and we have a bunch of really fun guests coming on. It's just chaos, really, just pure chaos. <laughs> but like organized chaos. Yes, type A <laughs> chaos. It's amazing, and somebody had to blow the roof off of this super duper snoopers Mary Kate and Ashley thing. You can probably guess if I love Jessica and Ashley, like I am obsessed with the Olsen twins and always have been. So I had every single one of these tapes and it's so fun to hear you guys go through the absurdity of each tape because they're just insane. Like I was listening to your um your logical eye ranch. <laughs> one and I just can't even believe the songs. Like I didn't remember how bad the songs were. And you oh, know what? That's crazy. <laughs> because Logical Eye Ranch is one of the ones that has the best songs. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny part is that famously these twins, God love them, they cannot sing. So yeah, we go through every single song and rate it one to five. But spoiler alert for your listeners, they should all be zeros. Now we don't <laughs> rate them zeros because some would actually be in the negatives if we were to rate them correctly. But <laughs> It's a good time. And what they make up for in lack of ability or lack of ability to hit the notes or be on key, they really make up for with a can-do attitude and just way too much work for a small child. It's insane, right? How I mean, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be them. I was like, that's what I want to do. Why am I going to school? But now I'm (laughs) like, oh, my God, those poor things they were so little and they had the busiest schedules in Hollywood 
Truly, yes. So I'm really excited about your next season because I loved the mystery series, but the You're Invited truly, truly was major for me, especially the sleepover party, which I feel like mm-hmm. is everybody's favorite. <laughs> well, the sleepover episode is definitely the best one that was the first one in the series and i think they knew to give us their best songs right off the bat and then throughout we have a a ballet party a nice little costume party they do some time traveling randomly which is fun we've never seen that before from them or again you know after they do it but (laughs) (laughs) and we have some really cool guests this season too we have um katie maloney schwartz from vanderpump rules So just a lot of pop culture icons coming to talk with us. Oh my gosh, thank you. Please have as many Bravo stars on as possible (laughs) because I need their opinions. Uh, You know, like I want to know what Ramona thinks about the Thorn Mansion, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I – well, the thing about the You're Invited series is that they really just doubled down on the talk singing and just (laughs) absolutely no plot whatsoever. But yeah, Katie comes on, I believe, episode three of season two, and she actually gives some behind-the-scenes scoop of Tom Schwartz growing up and gives us a picture of what a terror he was as a child. So it's a really (laughs) fun episode. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm excited for that. And the uh, the mall, I was obsessed with the mall episode. I couldn't believe that there was a mall like that. I know. I had never been to the Mall of America before, so this is the closest I've come to, to seeing it. <laughs> no, nor have I been there with Mary-Kate and Ashley, which I feel like is probably a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So everybody, if you haven't already, go listen to their other episodes to get ready for the new ones. When are the new ones coming out? September 26th, the new season starts. Ooh, okay. I will definitely be listening. Yeah, and then in the meantime, we have three bonus episodes out just to kind of keep us covered in the interim. And we talk, it's less of a recap and actually a little bit more serious. We talk about the Vanity Fair, It's Raining Teens article. We talk about the Olsen twins career in general and then we have one coming out with Troy from Dunzo podcast where we talk about child stars and specifically Britney Spears so definitely check that out too I love that Troy has been a guest on our show so everyone he's amazing everyone will go listen to that I'm sure and I listened to your one with Amity from the Gimme Mm. Pizza podcast which was such a great episode and I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I wanted to have her on this one too. I just haven't gotten a chance to ask her yet. But she, her podcast actually really in some way inspired this one because I remember when I found it, I was like, this entire podcast is just about Mary-Kate and Ashley. Like <laughs> that's everything. Like there's more sisters out there that definitely can be covered. Yeah, Amity is great and she is so funny and she's definitely one. She is a true Mary-Kate and Ashley stan. Having her on the podcast made me and Donnie realize that perhaps we shouldn't be the ones with the platform because she really knows her stuff. We were like saying things and she's like, yeah, that's not quite true. We're like, oh, oopsie doopsie. Yeah, meanwhile, Chelsea and I are like, I think this one's Ashley. Oh, I, yeah, I used to quiz myself when I was a kid. I loved them, but a lot of the time I couldn't, I couldn't, and my mom would like walk in the room and I would be like, which one do you think that is? (laughs) 
I love a flashcard moment. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So you guys host other podcasts too, right? Can you tell everybody about those? Sure. So I am also the co-host of Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. And we talk about the Real Housewives on that one. And then I'm also co-host of the Big Brother Breakfast Club, where we recap each week of Big Brother. And they just announced this week that in the winter, they're having a celebrity season. So stay tuned for more Big Brother Breakfast Club. I cannot wait to see what that cast is. The past two seasons of Celebrity Big Brother have been pretty good. Um, season one, they had Brandy Glanville, and then season two, they had Candy. So I'm definitely holding out for a Bravo star this season. Hmm. And I have never watched a single second of Big Brother, but I do <laughs> listen to that podcast. So if there's anybody out there that doesn't watch Big Brother, this is like how I get my, I dip my toes and then I send Donnie, like, I just terrorize him via DM and ask him things like, wait, who is this like Zenbot person? What is it? A, a Fembot? What is it, Donnie? Zingbot? Zingbot. Yeah. A little bit. Sorry. Are we allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Zingbot is a little bitch. But yeah, so I don't have an official other podcast, but I do have a Patreon podcast where I recap Bravo shows and then I have a bonus episode every week that's just kind of about whatever I want, which a lot of times is like M. Night Shyamalan or whatever random thing I've watched recently. But you can find that at patreon.com slash Bravo. I love that. Maybe you can give me some tips because I started I, – I- set up a Patreon for this podcast, but I never actually launched it. So I love that you do a Patreon exclusive. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. And I like it because I don't know, I, this is probably going to get me in trouble one day. Somebody <laughs> will pull this clip one day and be like, and this is when we knew. But because it's behind a paywall, I kind of feel like I can just like be an extra sassy. Mm. Yes. I love that. Do you guys have, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but who are your favorite housewives? Ooh. Um, so mine are always the ones that end up like fired. <laughs> so I'm always <laughs> nervous to pick a current favorite. Like Leanne Locken was a big favorite of mine. And then Monique was a big favorite of mine. So now that they're both gone, I'm, I kind of don't want to pick anyone that's on payroll because as soon as I do, they'll be out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I well going with that theme I think it speaks to me and Donnie's chaos but <laughs> I always pick the housewives that are just like true garbage goblins for example I like Candace from Potomac I do love a Dorit I like Elisa Barlow I just like housewives that I don't know what's going to come out of their mouth at any given time which <laughs> ends up biting me in the behind when they inevitably say something horrible Right. You can let me know your opinion on this because I haven't seen all the way through any seasons except the first, I want to say four seasons of New York because I, I don't know. I just will watch an episode here and there. Like I know who they all are, but like for some reason, nothing has ever compared for me to early New York. Early mm. New York was definitely a moment in time. I mean, <laughs> Alex McCord came too soon. We did not appreciate the chaos that we had with her and Simon. I really want them to somehow be on our television screens again at some point. They truly were something else, right? Like they captured <laughs> I don't I don't know how people can be like so desperate but also like so comfortable with their themselves and so natural at the same time. 
maybe that's what I like about them is that I am also very desperate, but also quite comfortable <laughs> with myself. <laughs> and I think they were just a sign of the times. Like, I don't know if they would work on TV now, but like they were TV in the early 2000s. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Aren't they like living in Australia or something now? They like, they're just vibing. Yeah, and you can cut what I'm about to say if this is going to make your podcast get kicked off of iTunes. But are you aware of the birth story? Oh my God. Where Simon got a little too excited during Alex's birth and perhaps creamed his pants. (gasps) Right, right. But that, (laughs) see, that's what I'm talking about is like, how can you just tell that story? Right, that's the thing. (laughs) It's not like there was like a camera in the room and they tried to hide it they went on an interview and they gave that sound clip where he admitted to this and then said what a beautiful experience it was <laughs> I'm always like really impressed by people that talk about sexual things as if like it's just a beautiful experience mm. okay like it's just it's just a little different for me well I mean certainly <laughs> my experience birthing my two daughters was different than that experience for him but happy for him love that journey for him wish I could have had that journey right someone needs to check in there (laughs) I have follow-up questions exactly so let's get into the girls at hand Jessica and Ashley I tell me everything when did you first hear about them which one do you love more I want to hear it all okay so I think I love Ashley Moore, although I am well aware that Jessica is the more talented of the two. There's just something about Ashley that I I just love. Um, I saw her three times in concert. I I used to okay, so my biggest memory about Ashley Simpson, I have a very vivid memory of being on vacation at Myrtle Beach, and I was reading the first like three gossip girl books with her first album on a loop. I would let it like as I read just the album playing beginning to end when it ended the beginning again. That was me too with that autobiography was just on repeat. Yes. And then my sister, (laughs) I am the oldest and my middle sister and I didn't get along and she kind of, I'm just going to say it, lived in my shadow a little bit. So I made that her theme song and I used to sing it to her to torment her. So I really have a connection to that song as well. (laughs) Wait, you were the Jessica? I'm talking to a Jessica? (laughs) You are. Oh, I'm honored. Wow. I fully identify as Ashley. I am 100% an Ashley. Actually, in fact, when Autobiography came out, I changed the spelling of my name to C-H-E-L-S-E-E in honor of Ashley. And for an entire year, I would correct my teachers if they tried to spell it S-E-A as is on my birth certificate because I was so Ashley Simpson adjacent. And I know I'm jumping ahead into this episode, but watching this episode of the Ashley Simpson show reminds me why I vibed with her so hard because she is an effing mess. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you on correcting your teacher. (laughs) Oh, I had no problem correcting authority as a child. (laughs) So, okay. How do we feel about Jessica? I love Jessica. I feel like I was always rooting for the underdog and I always felt like it was too much of like 
an obvious choice to be a Jessica fan. That mm. being said, I love Jessica. I love newlyweds. I loved all of it, but definitely something about Ashley spoke to me spiritually. Yeah. In hindsight, I think I realize I love Jessica just as much as anybody else there is to love. But in the moment, I fell very much into the, and they actually talk about it a little bit in this episode, um, but I fell into the like Britney versus Christina versus Jessica versus whoever. Yeah, you could only Um, pick one. Yeah. And I picked... I don't know why. I picked none of those three. I picked Mandy Moore. She was really the horse I was betting on back then. Um, So I felt like I couldn't be a Jessica fan back then. And I picked Christina Aguilera because now this is the first time I'm saying this publicly on a public platform. But recently I have come out as bisexual. And this is when I should have known is my obsession with Christina Aguilera during her dirty phase really does paint a picture, I would say, (laughs) for what was to come in my life. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How did you feel when she revealed that her nipple was pierced? Oh, I loved it. It went wild. Right. As a normal straight girl would, you know? I just got my nose pierced and my husband says that it's my dirty era. Oh, love that. <laughs> right before COVID, I went to Jessica Simpson's book signing. And I, on on all of my different platforms, I've talked to housewives. I've talked to people with like millions of followers. I've talked to some celebrities that I was excited about. So I don't consider myself one to get starstruck. But at the Jessica Simpson book signing, for those of you familiar, there's a lot of like feather imagery in the book. So I was wearing a necklace with a feather on it. Total coincidence. I didn't know this about the book. So I went up and I met her. She signed the book. She said, Oh my God, I love your necklace. Feathers are really important to me. And I forgot how to speak. I just said, good. <laughs> and, then, and then I <laughs> grabbed the book from her and walked away quick. <laughs> was that in the one at, in Union Square? Yes. I was there too. Oh my God. Were you? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. You froze up. <laughs> that's, such a, that's so funny though. I uh, mean, you had, you had a moment with her, you know? Yeah, I did. I bet she didn't forget me. Never. Maybe she did. I'm going to say she didn't, though. No, you stuck with her. That is so surprising, though, Donnie, because I've seen you with celebrities, and you are cool as a cucumber. Like, you really do not get frazzled, so there is something about Jessica. (laughs) There is. I mean, she has that big sister pageant queen thing going on. You know, it can be intimidating. (laughs) I think that's it. That's what we say it is. So you saw Ashley three times in concert when... I saw her twice in Philadelphia and once like two years ago when she went on tour with Evan in New York. Very jealous that I missed that. What were the other tours that you saw her? I forget the names of them. Did you see her on SNL? (laughs) I I mean, I watched it live. (laughs) I didn't, I, I wasn't in the audience, but I saw her when like Boyfriend, that album, and then the tour before that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you saw like the initial I don't know if it was I don't think it was called the autobiography tour I can't remember yeah I forget um, what it was called but it was it was the autobiography songs I kept calling her second tour the I am me tour but it was actually the L-O-V-E tour which I had no idea mm. 
I'm so happy that you got to see that early, early show. What was that like? It was great. It was standing room only. It was a small venue. It was the same venue that I saw Lady Gaga in before she was famous. Like, it was when she still wore her bathing suits and, like, lightning bolts on her face. So, like, a small venue for people that they knew were going to blow up but hadn't yet. But it was great. The energy was incredible. Oh, I'm very sad I missed that. I've only seen her (laughs) once on the... The, I'm still going to call it the IME tour because <laughs> I don't care. But, That's what it is, yeah. But yes, yes, it was amazing. So let's get into this crazy episode. So, <laughs> and not that it's like particularly crazy. I mean, it's nothing compared to those trench coat twins. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I, I guess watching it back all these years later, like how do you feel watching it now? Because I, you guys watched it during the original run, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The thing that I that struck me the most rewatching this is just like the, the format of reality television in the early aughts and how quick everything was. Like we had 75 scenes in this 20 minute episode. Mm -hmm. Like the scenes are so quick and so chaotic and just like little tiny moments in time. It's like flash photography, like boom, 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 boom. This is what's happening. And It's like, I think that when I watched it originally, that was before I understood like that there are producers and that they're setting up a storyline. Like I really felt like there was just like a camera crew following her around and that, you know, now we obviously know a little bit more. We've seen like the peek behind the curtain to know that it's set up, but it did feel real. Like it felt like all of these scenes and even the one where they're like talking bad about Josh because he had like left that voicemail. It felt, uh, I don't know if she's just a great actress and maybe perhaps she should have stuck with acting and not singing, but it like felt really real to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually feel like, I don't know, it's hard because this one definitely was affected by newlyweds. Like I think that Mm -hmm. newlyweds was kind of them getting the kinks out of a lot of this stuff. And this show definitely has more of a storyline, whereas a lot of newlyweds episodes, it's just like, there's so many random scenes. Right. But I think that for a lot of this, they were kind of just following her around. Like I think they didn't fully understand what they were doing yet. I think it was probably about like 50% of the time they were like, okay, this is the storyline. We need to get these certain things. And then I think other times they really did kind of just see what she would do or like what funny things would happen. Because I know that they used a ton of film on uh, both newlyweds and the Ashley Simpson show. Like I know that they were trying to cut down on how much they used for Ashley because they had used so much for newlyweds. That was literally (laughs) them doing nothing that they spent a fortune. And it did, I mean, it came back in dividends with that show because it was so huge, but I don't know that they were like going to take as big of a risk on Ashley. (laughs) But yeah, Donnie, what did you like? What are your revelations all these years later? I recently rewatched some real world and I feel the same way as watching those. Like we just watched 20 minutes of, almost nothing but at the same time there was clearly a storyline but like for her to have gone to New York I thought that we were watching like oh the New York episode but she didn't really do much in New York and then she came back and I feel like now if this show was made with this footage now that all of that New York stuff would be on the cutting room floor we wouldn't even know she went to New York so I think it's fascinating what they do pick to show us. Right, exactly. It would have been like they didn't even show New York or they would set up she's going to lunch with Britney Spears or something right, to discuss yeah. making an album, you know, yeah. like what it's like to do that or something like that. Like I really miss that 
format of just she's just like, yeah, I just need to go get my ears pierced because I needed to do something. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that stuck out to me that is just a random thing that I was so fixated on that I just have to speak it out loud. Why are they always sitting on the floor in this show? Do they not own chairs? What's happening? (laughs) That is such a good point. They're yeah. just always sitting in a semicircle on the floor. I'm like, love that for you. Don't love that for your back in 10 years. Like, at least put a lumbar support pillow under you, please. <laughs> that is actually a really interesting insight because I feel as though it kind of explains why. I just feel like Ashley has this very comfortable vibe. Like, she just always seems comfortable. She always seems like she's with her best friend no matter who she's with. Yeah, she has that quality about her. And she also has this quality that I actually find quite endearing. Like, I just forgot how likable she is. But she does seem, in a way, very stunted. Like, the way that she talks about her relationships or the way everything seems, like, super high stakes to her. It does kind of feel like she's, like, perpetually a 12-year-old girl, which is probably why... 12 or 13 year old me was just like obsessed with her as I was like yes I too have a Josh that broke up with me I'm heartbroken but the sitting on the floor thing does feel very middle school sleepover to me and it's funny I mean I just wanted to be her very badly when I watched this originally and now that I'm older than she was I'm just like this is so I mean this sounds kind of cheesy but I'm like this is so beautiful because she's such a teenager like truly truly teenage it's like very innocent you know super Mm -hmm. innocent which is nice it's refreshing given what we know about the industry and the way they kind of churn out these teen stars and the way the teen stars of that age were treated so it's very refreshing to see kind of like the innocence hasn't completely been lost on her and that she does like there are certain things that she does genuinely seem shocked about like she seemed shocked that her record label heard that demo and was like oh no 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 honey no (laughs) yeah and I like that the platform allowed her to have this innocence too like I said I if they filmed it now I feel like they would have forced her to grow up on this show Yes. And I think it's remarkable that they even, I mean, this is kind of like jumping to the end of the episode, but I can't be 100% sure what happened, but I think that autobiography is actually more of a product of the label and what they wanted her to do than we think, because I think Mm -hmm. that Ashley is so known for being like the alternative one and She's so different than Jessica. She's dirty. She has all these friends that are boys, like all that kind of stuff. And And she has brown hair. Look at her hair. It's dark. (laughs) Jessica's is blonde. They're different. Um, But I think that initially it is pretty remarkable that it seems like she was just like, hey, I have these two guys that I want to do this album with. And they were like, okay. And I think she had her chance to bring them these 15 to 20 songs And have this be her album. And I think that these songs were going to be more edgy, more rock, more punk. And for the most part, they didn't work. And so she, she, uh, I don't know if she recorded all of them, but she wrote like 20 or more songs with Stan and Steve. And only one of them ended up on the album, which is Unreachable. Yeah, when she was recording the one song on this episode, I was like, I don't think I've heard this. I must have blocked it out. It must have been a good chapter of Gossip Girl because I don't recognize <laughs> the song. And then when we find out later that the uh, 
production company or the record label basically says like, no, I don't think so. Then I said, oh, that explains it. Yeah, I think that she kind of needed because she had John Shanks and Cara Diaguardi come in. Yeah. And I think they I think they were able to refine her sound in a certain way because, I mean, I like these raw scenes that we get on this series. There were some in the last episode and then there's – I think there's like three songs we never end up hearing in this mm. one. Um, I like the sound of it, but like she is struggling with it a lot. It's not as though she's saying, oh my gosh, I love these songs. These are the best songs ever. I I cannot change anything that I'm doing. She seems kind Mm -hmm. of frustrated. Well, she seems like she's struggling with finding her identity. And she definitely, I think at this point, and obviously we know what's to come with Shadow and all of that, but I think her identity at this point is not Jessica. Like, I think that she's still finding herself as an individual. She knows what she doesn't want to be, which is her sister. But even to see her struggle with, like, what specifically she wants to be, I think it's so funny that she's trying to be this, like, punk rocker and she brings in the drummer from Sugar Ray to help (laughs) her get there. I just find that, like, so perfectly Ashley. And later when they're like, we want you to be edgy like Hilary Duff, I'm like, would we say Hillary Duff is like the pinnacle of edginess? I'm not <laughs> sure, but it's really like it's again, it's like really earnest and relatable of like her trying to find who she is in this industry that has theoretically like a hundred of her already. Yeah, that always confused me because I also was, and I mean, am a fan of Hillary Duff, but back then I like loved Hillary Duff, and I always thought of her as like the good girl out of all right. of them. Yeah. But I guess she did have two songs that were used as MTV theme songs. So there is an edginess about her, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing is, I think that that was really part of what made Hilary Duff iconic. Like, I always think Lizzie McGuire was probably the biggest thing. But I I guess that if you aren't like us and you're not obsessed with early 2000s, girls then (laughs) you probably would just know her mainly from come clean yeah yeah she had a lot of I sometimes don't give her enough credit for how many renditions of herself like despite being the Disney star she was allowed to have a couple of different eras which I think that Disney stars often have a hard time doing Mm -hmm. like we talked about this when we spoke with Kelly from Laguna Beach on our bonus episode, but people like Selena Gomez are still like to this day having a tough time breaking out of that mold. That's true. And I actually, um, I was never a fan of Selena Gomez and I know that everyone hates Woody Allen, but I watched her in that Woody Allen movie um, that she did. It was her and Timothy Chalamet and Mm. she was so good in it. Like I thought she completely got the rhythm of that kind of dialogue and that kind of young New York girl thing. And I was really impressed. So I hope that she has more success with movies. I know she's in that new Amazon series or not Amazon Hulu series. Yeah. So I don't know. And she's getting great reviews in it because I, she's with, um, Oh, no, I forget. Steve Martin and Martin Short. So I was like, she cleared like one of these things, not like the other. I (laughs) felt like it should be anyone besides Selena Gomez, but the reviews she's getting are great. So I will check it out begrudgingly. So whenever I talk about Selena Gomez, I think about this fact that I'm sharing with you guys now. So my old coworker, who I am now just friends with, you know, like those coworkers that all of a sudden you're like, oh, I think we're just friends. But she, as a child, was cast for Wizards of Waverly Place. She was the original 
wizard, but her parents didn't want to make the move to Hollywood. They didn't know if it, it was just like the pilot. And so they didn't know if it was actually going to be a thing and they didn't want to like uproot their family. So they turned it down. Selena Gomez got it. And then, you know, now she's wow. Selena Gomez. Wow. So your friend is responsible for Selena Gomez's life. <laughs> <laughs> right? So wild. Oh my gosh. Well, Martin Short has her to think. A real sliding doors moment. <laughs> The episode opens with her recording Love Makes the World Go Round, but they really don't get into that at all, even though that's the song that actually made the album. And they just kind of show this montage of like her and Josh broke up, Ashley's sad, blah, blah, blah. And so she just picks up and leaves to go to NYC. Yeah, I needed to get out of there. You know, they say if you love someone, you have to set them free. It's basically saying, but you know, sometimes you just have to walk away. Oh my gosh, I want a boy here in New York and I want him to take me on a horse buggy. Is that what it's called, the horse buggy? She is in the cab and I thought it was really cute how she saw a horse and buggy and she was like, I want to meet a boy here and I want him to take (laughs) me on a horse and buggy. Like again, she's just so like sweet, innocent. I forgot she was with Josh Henderson. Like, when I think of Ashley Simpson, I think of Ryan Cabrera. So when the episode started with this little montage of him, I I full-on gasped. (laughs) Yeah, it's surprising how fast that relationship was over. Like, it's only in that one – it's in that first episode only that they're dating. And it feels like such a bigger thing because she wrote all of these really good songs about their relationship. And I'm like, wow, I still relate to these lyrics. These lyrics are very good. And it came from dating Josh. Okay. (laughs) So she is writing with Steve Fox. He comes over. She's singing this song called Hollywood. And I wrote down the lyrics. It's like, Sometimes I get down low inside. People in Hollywood take away the good. I'm not going home, but I know I should. And then she just starts saying like, fuck men, fuck everyone, (laughs) fuck you guys. And I remember them showing that over and over again on MTV during the promos. It was like, look at her. This is something Jessica would never do. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Now, again, that I'm watching it, I see how heavily it's like they specifically pick scenes of Mm -hmm. things that I'm like, oh, Jessica would never do that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely building the brand. Again, not Jessica was her identity. Then she decides she's going to get her upper ear pierced because she just needed to do something, which we've all been there. Usually it's a it's a hair change, but that was coming. Oh, yeah. It's always bangs for me. If I get bangs, I need you to check in on me. I need you to ask how I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, it's always such a big deal. When someone gets bangs, I'm always just like, what's going on? Yeah, it's definitely a cry for help more often than not. Like there are people that can pull off bangs. And actually, I did have bangs for like the majority of my early 20s. But again, that speaks to my psychological (laughs) condition at that point in time that for several years, I was a bangs wearer. <laughs> yeah, are there photos? Are we gonna you're gonna post these? Oh, um, full wedding photos. Yeah, I had bangs for like a lot of lot of years, and I've since grown them out. But hey, the next time I go through a tough time, they are coming right back, baby. Oh, now oh I'm gonna gosh. torment you until you get them. <laughs> you already do torment me, Donnie. I'm halfway there. I've got the scissors in my hands. Just give me a reason. <laughs> impressive because i feel like having bangs at your wedding like a big event like that 
when you don't normally do bangs. Very well, I bold. will say this was during the height of the show New Girl, and I am very mm. easily influenced by television hair. Like I when I watched Dirty Sexy Money, I got a pixie cut. When I watched New Girl, I got bangs. When I watched Park and Rec, I got the ombre, the Anne ombre. So really, I just kind of am totally a poser and a follower. Maybe after watching this Ashley Simpson show, I will start flat ironing my <laughs> bangs within an inch of their life. Who knows? Try Were you it. too young to get the Rachel? <laughs> That's um, what I was thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> I did get the Rachel, but unfortunately, it looked more like a mullet than <laughs> Rachel Green. Okay. Let's you move on. on. Um, <laughs> when you go to quick cuts, you don't always get exactly what uh, you want. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> so... Then Ashley decides that she needs a Christmas tree. Like, I feel like she's just in that breakup phase where you're like, no, I need this. No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, you just need things, actual just physical objects, whether they're going through your ear or they you're smuggling them into your hotel. You just need things to make you feel better, which is interesting because I don't know if you guys have seen the Newlyweds episode where Nick does the exact same thing at the exact same hotel. No. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Just just replaying the plot. The producers are like, I know what to do. It's Christmas time. That's what I'm wondering. Like, cause the, the newlyweds, it was a later newlyweds episode. So I think it was maybe it was the same Christmas, but it was different times. I don't know, but the, I'm under if a producer was just like, Well, uh Ashley put up a Christmas tree in here last week, so I don't know. Like, you can try it. What if they were on the same trip and they were like, you know what? We already have this Christmas tree. Let's get footage for both shows. Well, that's funny <laughs> that you say that because there is a Today Show or like a Good Morning America where Nick and Ashley are on it together. And I don't know why Jessica isn't there. Oh. So you could be right. Wow. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they get the Christmas tree. Um, I thought it was weird that the she said that. It was the man selling the Christmas tree that insisted on, like, putting the whole thing together for her. Like, why did he put it in the stand <laughs> on the side of the road? Right. Now, I have some deeply troubling news I need to share with your listeners. Okay. So, no. Steve Fox, I saw the man. I saw his bald head. I love a bald man. I am married to a bald man. I saw him and I thought, oh, cutie patootie. There was something about him helping this struggling Christmas tree seller put together this stand that I became deeply attracted to Steve. And I just feel like I had to have a confession at church and just announce it out loud to absolve myself from this thought. <laughs> I think you should go get bangs. <laughs> <laughs> should I, though? <laughs> I want to know more about their relationship because I feel like they they seem like they've been friends for like 20 years. Like they seem so close and comfortable with each other. They really did. And I can't tell if it's with Ashley, if it's like what you said, if she just kind of treats everybody like her best friend. But there was this element of like there was no awkwardness. They really seemed like they were just like having a wonderful time in New York City together. Yeah. And I, I agree with you because anytime if there's like a service any kind of service worker and like I'm with a guy and he helps them or it goes out of his way to do something nice rather than just sitting there and 
getting served, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Isn't it so sad that the bar is so low that we're like, oh, you showed like a basic level of human kindness and empathy? Ugh. I'll marry you right now, Steve. <laughs> Literally. Like, oh, he was nice to the waiter. Oh, my God. He's the <laughs> keeper. It's a sad state of things. But <laughs> Ashley decides that they're going to stay up all night and write music. We decided that we would just stay up all night and just write music. Totally exceeded my expectations yeah. of what we get accomplished here so That's far. Exciting. So I can't wait to get back and play it for all the dudes at the label, I for know, Jordan cool. and Steve. It'll and be awesome. I like it. They're writing some song, and the lyric is, When I close my eyes, it's wild horses and butterflies. Boho Ashley. <laughs> Can we talk about the quick cut that they did where Ashley had some sort of electrical tape all over her nose? Did you notice this? <laughs> I Yeah, I saw. I thought there was one scene, too, where it was, like, on her cheek. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I could see Ashley being like, oh, my God, I'm, like, so random, guys. I've got this medical tape. Should I put it on my nose? Should I? Should I do it? <laughs> There's no way that she wasn't the queen of saying that's so random. <laughs> oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> so we go back to L.A. They're recording at Stan's new home studio, Ashley says she always would tell her friends that someday she was going to go to L.A. and make an album, Queen of Manifesting. <laughs> and she says that she went to see Josh the night before. Always a mistake. And Steve says, oh, like it's hard right now, but it's okay. Cut to six months from now, and it'll just be a nice memory from the past. And Ashley just like groans, and she's just like, yeah, but he's so fucking cute. That's just another like we've all been there. It's so inconvenient when somebody that you really don't want to be with is insanely cute. Mm -hmm, definitely. Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then they're recording this other song and the lyrics are put my makeup on in the dark. I'll never be you. I'm like, what is she talking about there? Jessica. She's always talking about Jessica. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jessica or boys. But Jessica this is a Jessica song for sure. <laughs> It's, I was up there. You were there. I'm really, really picky about my vocals. I'll listen to it, and then I'm just like, oh, God. And then I want to go back and redo it and redo it. I'll never be you. Never be you. Let's, uh, let's just get that last line. That's really all we need. Donnie, I have a random question for you. Do okay. you think that Ashley or the Olsen twins have a better voice vocally? Oh, my God, Ashley. <laughs> okay, I just shade. wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure. Ashley, I'm not saying she's bad. Now, I'm not saying she's good, but she knows what her range is, and she's good at what she does. But I just needed to make sure that, yes, I agree. No, yeah, I said Jessica's more talented of the two, but I think Jessica, I, I would... There are certain circles where I could say Jessica is like the most talented of all the pop girls from this time. Wow. 
What circles are you speaking of, Donnie? <laughs> well, like, I don't know if I would always give that answer. Sometimes I would say Christina, I think. But then I think those two answers would change. So you're just saying you're going to change your opinion based on who you're with? <laughs> um. Yeah, because, <laughs> yes, because Quinn, my husband, does not think Christina can sing. So, like, I'm not what? even going to. Yeah. Oh, no. He said she just growls and there's no soul there. Like, she just knows what notes to hit, but she's she doesn't feel it. So, like, wow. I'm not even going to get into that conversation with him. So if I'm with him, I'll just say Jessica. And it's still true, but. Now I am going to get bangs because that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Christina can't sing. How dare you? That was painful. <laughs> I didn't say it. I'm just the messenger. Dan- Donnie's, I almost called you Danny again. Sorry, Donnie. <laughs> Donnie's trying to get his husband canceled. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I would say, like, if you're going to pick, I think that Jessica is probably the most business savvy out of the four of them. Mm. Although, I mean, I don't know how much of that was luck and the people around her. Right. She's definitely the richest out of all of them. So I also think Jessica, if out of the four of them, Christina would win this. But because Christina does have a more, I actually think Christina's voice is very soulful. So I think like she has a more like soulful, edgy voice. And I think that if you wanted to pick one out of the four, that is the best for just delivering a ballad love song. Mm -hmm. It's probably Jessica. Mm. Yeah. Take my breath away. Yeah. Right. Almost like a, and I'm not saying this in a rude way because I love Jessica, but if you want to do a basic love song, (laughs) whereas like Christina would win it, but it's like Christina's going to do more of like, I'm in so much pain and you ruined my life kind of love song. Right. Yeah. And then when you think about Britney and the fact that she had to just straight up change her entire voice because Christina was already doing that. Then it's like she was really working with a disadvantage because she was killing it with a voice that was manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. And when Britney would show her real voice, I I mean, there's – Yeah. One of my favorite performances ever from anyone is Britney's performance of Every Time when she premiered it on SNL. She sung the entire thing live Mm -hmm. and her voice cracks multiple times because – she's not used to standing there singing a ballad, right? Like that's not, they probably don't have a vocal coach for her or anything like that. So she was kind of on her own and I'm surprised that they even let her do it, but it's, it's beautiful. Like she really is speaking. She's singing from the heart and not from a standpoint of, I want to sound perfect. And it's just a shame that she didn't get to do that more often. Definitely. But maybe since her dad is hopefully getting the fuck out, She'll be able to do whatever she wants again, whether that's singing or, you know, running around her backyard without clothes on, which I support. Yeah, what? A, truly, whatever I just want her wants. happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Ashley locks her keys in her trunk. Joe has to drive all the way out there to unlock it. At some point, they call a locksmith who was completely useless. <laughs> but that's what Papa Joe is for. So he comes in and, like, sits in on the recording and give some advice that nobody really asked for. It's like, while I'm here, let me tell you what I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And it's so obvious that she didn't want him sitting in on her recording session, but she's like, Oh, well, you know, now that you're here, why don't you sit down? (laughs) He's like already pulled up a chair and kicked his feet up. And she's like, Oh, do you want a chair? (laughs) (laughs) So 
Ashley says that one of her favorite songs that they wrote is called Fly Away, which again, like we have no idea what this is. And the lyric is, you're just so vain, gonna fly away. Is that Justin Cook? Mm. I don't know. That might be Josh. Right. That's what I was thinking because um, to skip to that later scene – Apparently, he left her a really cruel voicemail. She said that he ripped apart her parents and her friends. And Jessica, you know, sweet little Jessica is just appalled. She's like, I would never. She's like, I've never even thought those things about anybody. (laughs) This scene reminded me how much I love Jessica because that was like some true older sister shade. Like Jessica was ready to risk it all, risk her career, risk everything that she's built to like burn Josh's house down. Like you could tell (laughs) she was pissed. Yeah, because she even says, I've never felt that way about anyone except him now. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even think the words that he said. I know. I couldn't even think them about one person in my life. Me either. Well, except him now. I guess it just hurts me because I just can't believe he would have those words to ever say to me, like when I've been there for him for like through so much. I know. We all were. We were all helped him yeah. out. Paid for all of his crap. I took care for of all him. Of sh- and then he goes, he goes, oh yeah, well this girl, she took took me out because she, you know, pays two thousand dollars for all of us to have, you know, crystal. crystal and all this stuff. You're talking about drinking crystal, P Diddy. Yeah. And I knew we were working with Southern girls here, but I don't think I ever realized how heavy the mom's accent was. But when she was like, don't even respond, just don't. I was like, oh, (laughs) she is pissed. And then Ashley says that she's going to pray for him. I was like, this is a very Southern, this is a bless bless his heart moment. (laughs) Yes. I always, because I think, because Jessica always leaned so heavily into the religious aspect mm-hmm. of their their upbringing I, I always forget that ashley is like the same i mean i don't know obviously now so many years have passed and she probably has her own beliefs or whatever but i thought that was really sweet that she says yeah i'm just gonna pray for him like i'm just <laughs> trying to pray for him and hope think like uh, oh she says i'm just gonna pray for him and hope that something will help him right and then jessica <laughs> says whatever he's a loser <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she should know, like, who with who she is married to anyway. I know. I think Josh showed me a side that really helped me realize I'm glad that we're not together. I'm still just trying to, like, just pray for him and, like, hope that, like, something will help him. Whatever. He's a loser. He's a loser. He's a loser. So, yeah, she actually gets a call before that in, the in like, six scenes before that, six 30-second scenes before that. Um... Ashley gets a call uh, from Steve to tell her that Jordan, the president of Geffen Records, didn't love her demos. And this is when she gets the edgy, like, Hillary Duff comment. And Ashley clarifies that she thinks Hillary is a doll, but that's not who she is. And she brings up what you were saying before, which is that they this is exactly what they did to Jessica. They were like, okay, yeah. here's a person we want you to be like, which was Brittany. And can you imagine if Ashley was just like, oh, okay, Hillary Duff, got it. Right. Like, that's wild. We would have seen like an irresistible era for Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> it just was not a fit. Like, I understand probably, you know, now that we know what Ashley became, it's so wild to think that that's what they wanted for her at first. Mm -hmm. I did love that later when she went out to dinner, she essentially got trolled by children because the kids (laughs) approach her table and are like, I'm about to shoot a commercial with Hilary Duff. It's like, wow, they these producers are just straight up tormenting her. 
Yeah, that was the only time this episode where I felt like this is like a taste of modern reality mm-hmm. TV. Yeah, and that guy was such a stage dad that he even felt the need to be like, well, she's recording a commercial with Hillary Duff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, okay. And Ashley was so nice. She was like, oh, are you a big fan of Hillary Duff? Meanwhile, she's like panicking about her album. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fuck Hillary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then she has this meeting at her record label to close out the episode. And Jordan says something like he was I felt like it was kind of weird what he was saying he was like I signed you because you came in here you were bouncing off the walls and you didn't give a fuck what anybody thought but then he's like at the same time telling her you should care what people think because you should be this other thing and he says that she has great pipes he's like praising her vocals but she's not he goes you're not singing on these demos well to be fair she sounded like a dying cat during the rehearsals. <laughs> like what became after this was different than what we heard this episode in that like right. basement studio. So I could imagine if I was the head of a record label and that was presented <laughs> to me, I'd be like, oh shit. Like what did we get ourselves into? Yeah, I think because she lacked formal vocal training. She does have natural talent. Like, I do yes. enjoy her vocals. But I think that because she wasn't trained, like, I think she was basically, it was like a crapshoot every day. It was like, okay, today she sounds really, really good. Today she sounds mm-hmm. bad. Okay, today she sounds all right. Like, we'll work no. with it. You know what I mean? And I think that the songs she wrote with the people she wrote, I think they were just outside of her scope. Like, once they brought in people and obviously when she made autobiography, she found her range because the thing I love about her voice, I really do. I've been very shady to her, but I do love her voice because it's really unique and it's raspy, but it's still somehow high. Like I love her voice, but I think what she was trying to do was like take it to a place that it just physically at that point in time couldn't if she didn't Mm -hmm. have that vocal training. And I think that probably what he heard, he was like, oh, no, no, we need to do some reworking here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to back Chelsea up. Her and my brand is very much like shit on what you love. (laughs) So we (laughs) did talk a lot of shit about Ashley this episode, but I really do love her. And one of my favorite Christmas songs is the Ashley and Jessica little drummer boy duet. I think their voices blend so well together. And that's another one where like you could make fun of it if you want, but I really do love it. Like it's played out in December at my house. Same, Donnie. And I will once again say, literally changed the spelling of my name because of this woman. (laughs) Yeah, my love language is endless shit talking. That's why I am so mean to Donnie. That's why I'm so mean (laughs) to my family. Like if I make fun of you, it means that I love you deeply. Of course, that is the love language. So, yeah, so he he ends this conversation with saying that he wants the album to be one part pop, one part rock, one part Ashley. (laughs) I think that should have been the album title. (laughs) That is deep. Oh, my God. So we'd normally at this point get into the fashion segment. But like you're saying, I felt like every scene was 30 seconds long. Um, But was there any outfit or look in particular that stood out to you guys? 
I will say yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. She wore like a green t-shirt with a like maroon track jacket over it. And it was like a graphic tee too. It wasn't mm-hmm. just plain green. And it, it was very early 2000s for me. I was like, I wore this to school every single day. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ashley influenced my fashion in a way that I can't even fully acknowledge or wrap my head around. The way that this girl made me want to wear a golfer hat, really, like, I saw her wearing that little golfer hat again, and I was like, oh, right. I remember, like, scouring thrift stores to find the perfect golfer hat to wear because of Ashley Simpson. Like, it was such a moment in time. <laughs> and when she was out to dinner, she was wearing one, and her friend was wearing one. I'm like, there is more than one golf hat at this table. Like, if this isn't a sign of the early aughts, I don't know what is. <laughs> yes, I had a couple of those, too. I mean, I think we all did. Like, when I watched this show originally I think my inclination was more to dress like Jessica I was more just naturally girly and stuff but I remember thinking like oh I could just wear a band t-shirt with a blazer over it and a hat like that would be so cool you know (laughs) that but the one that stood out to me was um because I wanted to dress like this so bad and I don't think I could pull it off when I was this age but when she wears from the opening, she wears that Doors shirt with the brown blazer over it when yes. they're when mm. they're writing. It looks just looks so cute. Yeah, I loved this style, this like tomboy punkish style from the early aughts. I always like in my mind thought I looked like this, but I just looked like a straight up ragamuffin. But this is the look <laughs> I was going for. Oh, yes, and then there's that one one of the times that she's sitting on the floor. But there's so many stripes in this episode that it kind of made me like my eyes tear up. But um, she's wearing like a long sleeve yellow and blue striped shirt, newsboy cap, and that like long layered pearl necklace. Yes. Like, I feel like she would always insert an element of classy girliness while also being more edgy and wearing like skater shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Ugh, it was a moment in time. It was. So our rating system here on the Ashley and Jessica is kind of like the one that you do for the songs on I Am The Cute One. So instead of saying I give this episode four out of five stars, we pick something from the episode like four out of five cans of chicken of the sea. So (laughs) (laughs) I would like to hear what each of your ratings is for this episode. We do out of five. Okay. I'm going to give it. Four out of five dimly lit restaurants because the lighting (laughs) in that restaurant she went to with her friends. I don't know. You all talked about the fashions at the table. I don't know how you saw it. I thought I was watching Suspiria, just like red filter over the footage. Very dark. Oh, my God. You know, the producers, they walked in. They were like, oh, can we go somewhere else? (laughs) (laughs) It really looked like a dark room, like where you... um, like use film yes Suspiria (laughs) was a plus reference (laughs) thank you thank you I am going to give this episode a four out of five smuggled Christmas trees I really enjoyed myself (laughs) this was I thank you for having us on because this was truly delightful it was like I think I might just start rewatching the entire series now oh my gosh me too Please do. And the fact that they're only 20 minute episodes was a shock to me I know so much goes on yeah, yeah. And yet nothing at all. 
Right. It's like, what <laughs> happened? Like, And then it seems like the preview for the next episode is like, it's basically the same thing. Like, it's the label being like, what are you doing? <laughs> and enter Ryan Cabrera. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. And the, uh, the next episode is called Ashley Rocks Ryan's World. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She rocked all of our worlds, didn't she? She I mean, did. She did. Here we are all these years later talking about her. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm right. I'm right with you guys. I also feel I also feel like it was a four for me. It's four out of five angry voicemails just because that probably is my favorite <laughs> oh, scene yeah. in the episode. <laughs> I just love like the mom and two sisters shading a boyfriend thing. It's just it's very Steel Magnolias. Like, I just love it. <laughs> Definitely elevated the episode. For sure. So I have to say thank you so much to you guys for coming on. This was so much fun. And where can my listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Real Donnywood. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Ono Bravo. Thank you guys again so much. And next week we'll be back with a Newlyweds episode. So Maybe in the future, I will have you guys on for one of those, too, because I would love your... I know you have thoughts. Yes, please. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capria Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.